Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I am your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode where tonight, to celebrate Valentine's Day a little bit early for the show, we're going to be talking about my film pick of the week, which is After Midnight, directed by Jeremy Gardner. But before we get into all that madness and fun and discussions that we always have, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful Golgi Keith. So anyway, but I am joined by uh, the Prince of Amor's Day. Yes, get funky with it while we're wondering where everybody is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is the Mad Monkey coming to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where you bring you the best damn horror podcast there is in all the land. So that's right. Listen with your mama. Listen with your friends. We Listen on Spotify, listen on iTunes, we don't fucking care. Just make sure you fucking listen to my fright family. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> um, so great intro as always coming out of the gate. Uh got some candy hearts for you, don't you worry for this episode. Uh, but I believe oh, we girl. do have the very opinionated. Demonic Green is with us. Yes. I am with you, I'm here. There you go. Great. Uh another night. Wondering where <laughs> the ghoul is, uh, who usually blesses us with his with his entrance. But um, I wonder what's going on with him if he's having some kind of technical situation. Uh, we should try to figure out what's going on with him so we can get the ball uh, rolling here. <laughs> he's taking it up. <laughs> forgot to unmute. I don't know. Usually his mo. <laughs> We are recording, so I know he's here. Otherwise, he wouldn't be recording right now. <laughs> it's cool. All right, yeah. So, yeah, we're doing our thing here. Like we always do, 100% professional, 100% of the time here on how we fucking roll. All right. No technical issues around here ever. None. Oh, no. hi, everybody. Yeah. Oh, hey, there he is. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome aboard, wow. motherfucker. Okay, here's, here's, here's a fun fact. You know what I just realized all this time? Was that you guys really no. didn't hear me. Um, this entire time, I thought you could. This actually extends to the nope. green room, even. Um, <laughs> apparently, you somebody, had messed, somebody had messed with the switch that is on my headset that actually mutes my microphone. So again, I have been like I thought we were having conversations all the way back from when you first logged in when Monkey was going on about what happened to his car windows and all of that. So now I realize that this was this must have been what it feels like to be a ghost because I was responding to things and then you guys were saying things that sounded like you were like hearing me say stuff. 
you know, so this whole time, no. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> what the nope. hell's going on? Then I thought the dean was fucking with me, you know, like I did to him the last nope. time. Nope. Indeed not. <laughs> well, hello, 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 everybody. Okay. What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> what is going on out there? Hello. <laughs> Well, welcome to the show, Hi, all, uh, School of Geek. Hi, Dean. How are you? I, oh, I'm fine. I'm I'm here and ready to put on uh, to conduct this broadcast in a in a serious manner. Always, always professional, <laughs> always serious. So sorry for my uh, my idiocy in operating my my technical device here, that is otherwise known as a video game headset. <laughs> That is cool. I mean, we were in the green, yeah, Mickey and I talking, and that's just giving us time to talk. I thought you were like, oh, they're talking about something serious. I'll stand away. I was like, I guess that's why he's not no. saying anything. No, nope. No, I didn't make the joke. you have it. You know, the whole thing when, uh, like, because you, sound, you sounded so grumpy in the green room. I'm like, wow, you're in a real positive place today, you know? And, like, you even said, like, whatever Monkey must have said, you were like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. And I'm like... Okay, so he's grumpy, obviously. <laughs> that was fucking weird. Hey, cool. Yay. <laughs> that's more just like, wow, having a real kind of heart-to-heart between brothers. I'll let them go. No, I'm just talking about faking my own death and going to Mexico. Like, yeah, it's possible. I can do it. You know I mean? But it's not grumpy. It's just having expectations. Yes, yes. She said you were going to leave everybody behind. You were like, you know what? Screw you all, and I'm just going to go. You know, Monkey was like, hey, listen, when we get out of the state, we're going to take you with us and this and that, you know, and you're like, you know what, fuck you all. I'm just going to just going to go on my own anyway. He's going to run good at Danzig and be part of his wonderful film, Veronica. That's what he's going to do, because what's better than Glenn Danzig? Glenn Danzig and a Western. What's better than Glenn Danzig and a Western? Fucking Glenn Danzig and a vampiric Western. Oh my God! This thing looks so fucking bad. <laughs> oh, listen. Well, I told you I'm gonna run away, change my identity, and start a cult somewhere. But we're gonna do a lot of community outreach and not kill ourselves like every other cult in America. We're just gonna fucking be happy. That sounds like a tall order for you, uh, King. Um, you know, I'm not going to tell you that this is an unrealistic idea. Of course, you should Anything follow your dreams. Uh, it just it just sounds right. like it just sounds like a tall order. Cult of King. It's a yeah. The cult of the beard. I'm curious to see boy. what the, like, what, what the King's cult beard. members would would seem like. I'm very curious about that. It would just be a lot of empty beer cans. There'll be a bunch of empty a lot of yeah. five cans with faces drawn on them. <laughs> no, man, it, it, it would be full of tattooed burlesque girls. They love him on Facebook. They, they are constantly messaging the King. Hugs and kisses to all of you, early plumbers out there. I love you all. You guys are great. You keep me going every day. Power positive. It's like the new day. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Um, look at, so, look uh, at the, you, Tristan Ritz. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. What were you going to say? Uh, <laughs> go, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, you know, like I, I've had a couple experiences over the last few days um, that, I, that I'd love to, to, to What kind bring, of experiences over the last few days? Oh, fun stuff, fun, fun stuff, particularly yesterday, man. I had like a 
Okay. So, I mean, before, <laughs> I don't know which one to even lead with at this point. All right. So, so here, first and foremost, I'm going to start with like the most basic of things. As I, as I, I put up earlier on, on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff, you know, I, I, I currently received one of my favorite movies from the eighties on Blu-ray. Uh, that would be mm-hmm. 1986's No Retreat, No Surrender. Fantastic. Hell yeah. Karate Fantastic. Kids slash, slash, you know, Rocky four wannabe type of film. Um, you know, it's Van Damme's first American movie, you know, as, as Ivan the Russian or whatever that other name was that, uh, that we see in the credits for said film. Slash, um, slash Brokeback Mountain. Yes, yeah, it has. Oh, okay. So, so according to the cast list at the end of the film, the character's name is Carl Bresden, uh, which is a far cry from Ivan Krasinski, which is the name that gets <laughs> announced in the film for Ivan the Russian. So my guess is that that was like a last minute, like let's change this up because Rocky four was really popular. What better thing to do than have this American kid fight this Russian villain who's working for the New York mob that wants to break into the karate scene across the entire country. Makes perfect sense. So this Blu-ray, Just makes the movie uh, you know, awesome. which was, <laughs> which is a high def transfer. They did it. They, it's not, you know, a full on reworking of it. It had a lot of that grain that you would see in like a VHS cut or whatever, but it's very clean as opposed to what I watched on YouTube not too long ago. Um, and much, and just about as clean as the cut that uh riff tracks has up. Um, but it comes with both the American cut of the film, which is the American theatrical and the, in, international cut of the film now the difference in the two is about 10 minutes you have uh, 84 minute runtime on mm. the american 94 minutes on the international cut what i came to realize while watching this american cut guess what guys we've all seen the international cut because there's a lot of scenes missing that are to us classic moments such as rj riding the uh, the train, so to speak, going up and down on the little exercise montage and all those little things. There were also a lot of bad edits during the final fight sequence where literally you're seeing color changes in the lighting and pattern of the characters, <laughs> jump cuts of like a punch that's landing up high and suddenly he's in a different position completely attacking down low. It was like some weird <laughs> stuff, the kind of stuff that if you saw this in the theater in 86, you were probably like, Wow, this is a really bad kung fu movie. Um, you know, I'm guessing that stuff, I'm going to watch uh, the coming into the chat for what the ghoul was talking about. So pay attention <laughs> to the, uh, the chat because you're about to see some stuff. So, so okay. with the 94 minute cut, I'm guessing that is the cut that we got on cable um, or VHS when they uh, eventually re- uh, released the film um, for greater consumption for everybody else. That's probably where most people have seen the movie. Uh, it's the only thing I can think to explain. I haven't watched the international cut though. So once I do, I can uh, bring you all up to date on that. So now yeah, that's, that's not an experience. That's just some fun, some fun fluff eighties nonsense that, uh, that, that goes on in the life of the ghoul. Absolutely, man. That's a, that's a, that's a prime piece of eighties real estate right there. It's just a, a wonderful timepiece uh, from, from its time. Uh, yeah, in in, in yeah. one of those one of those many films that uh, you know, growing up made me think that uh, the need uh, for karate was going to play a much bigger role in my life. Um, <laughs> you know, and life obviously hasn't turned out that way. <laughs> life hasn't turned out that way, of course. But you know, if you were you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old from like 1985 to like 1990, 
uh, there's a good chance that you thought karate was going to have a much bigger role in your in your life. <laughs> you, you would think from, you know, everything that was presented to us as children, as far as movies and television and everything, absolutely. Karate was poised to completely invade and take over the United States of America. Like we all were taught that it was so huge in, in, in Eastern culture, you know, far Eastern culture. That's all they do. They live karate. I mean, Miyagi said, you know, his father's a fisherman and he does karate. You know, they incorporate it into everything. Eventually, in my eight, nine-year-old head, life here in America was going to incorporate karate into everything. Um, but no, like how everything. It has not happened. You, know, you do karate when you paint the fence. You do karate when you wax the car. You know, you paint. You know, wash the floor. There was karate in everything. You do karate when you get when you see a kid getting bullied. You do karate. I mean, you just that's what was supposed to happen. Well, you know what? It, it just didn't didn't work out. I guess, man. The uh, the wave crashed, receded, and there was just the, the, the those chosen few left behind that uh, that still practice. Yeah. I mean, I guess nowadays it's right with the MMA thing and everything. So it felt like Road it went away. It just, it just didn't go where we saw it going. You know, it became a worldwide phenomenon of kumite instead. Um, so, so bringing up the Far East. God, I lost one for it now. I have that too. I got that recently on uh, on Xbox. Oh no, Kick- I got a Kickboxer, I think. So yeah, I got to find Bloodsport. I don't know if it's available for digital yet. Uh, I know you can stream it through Amazon Prime, um, but I don't think they had it as a purchasable item on uh, on Xbox. So again, wait, wait what? Streaming what? Bloodsport. 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 Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Uh, Ogre. <laughs> yeah, he's in it. And a bunch of other people. <laughs> Bolo Young, Chong yep. Lee, oh, 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 oh. Brick not hit back. So again, bringing up the Far East leads to my next yeah. Now, now the dean knows of my my adventures through many uh, many a massage unit throughout the course of, of my, oh, yes. my lifetime. You know, I, I've, I've hit up uh, a multitude, planet, like so many of these places through the courses of the years. And, uh, and yes, you know, a large portion of them were always, you know, it was always about going in, going in for the happy ending, this and that. So, the ghoul girl, who has been, you know, feeling bad for me in that, you know, it's been a lot of stresses going on in, in our life um, in general. And she was like, you know what, why don't you just take a day and go get yourself pampered a little bit, have like a man spa day, and, and go, go ahead, go find one of these places, not for, for a happy ending, obviously, that was against the rules, um, she's cool, she ain't that oh. cool. Um, oh, I was about to be cool. like, what? Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, 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 her, her, her rule is this, the only way that happens is if she accompanies me to said location for said said thing, so a couple of type of deal on that. So, I'm, no, I'm good with that. I am I'm good with that. So, anyway, so she's like, yeah, go ahead, go man pamper or whatever it is. So, I go to whatever, like, the local hand and spa or hand and stone, you know, like the up and up establishment <laughs> that, are, that are here. And I'm like, you know, I start talking to the, to, to the young lady in the place, 
and we're talking about pricing and everything, and she starts to like bring up like the varied costs and everything. Well, by the time all was said and done, according to her, you know what was supposed to be like a sixty dollar affair was going to be like a hundred and eighty something dollars. And I'm like, you know what? That's just what? not for me. You know, I'm a no. Again, you don't have like to I take said, all probably, those add-ons, Ben. Yeah, I know, but you know what? They're all they're all like again when you're accustomed to a certain style of stuff for what you get for that cost you can get it for much cheaper if you just go to those other places so i ventured out and i'm like all right i'm gonna go check out another location you know i'm trying to stay away from i'm trying to stay away from the asian locations because uh, you know not to to be racist i know they kind of calling you back it's kind well, of like basic thing to say, but you know they have a particular specialty that they like to do, and that's what I'm trying to avoid. So my next one that I go to is right here in Oldbridge, and I walk in, and it's literally centered between a psychic and a Mexican restaurant. And I walked in, and the smell <laughs> of just like, but that's the only like thing I could use to describe it was was like Bleh. like somebody had been vomiting on the floor in the back of this place and they just decided we're not going to clean it up. I didn't even bother really talking to them. I kind of just like looked at them, was like, "Yep, I'm out of here." So that they were like Latinas or or something of that that nature. Um, not saying that that's why it was gross in there. It just was obviously gross. It's obviously not a well kept place. So I'm like, all right, let's move on to the next place. It's five minutes down the road. Well, this place happens to be filled with, you know, it's a, a European day spa. Well, the girl was really, really, really attractive. Very pretty girl. Very, very pretty girl. Um, her cost, okay, apparently it's $100, and that's for the house. Because then you have to pay an additional $100 for the massage. So it's a $200 basic massage. I'm like, yeah. Again, she's really hot. But, you know, kind of did the uh, the anime girl, like, lift my leg, give her the peace sign, and be like, later. Uh, uh, <laughs> that one. So finally, you know, I'm like, all right, you know what, I'm going to give up on this whole thing. This is just, uh, this is just becoming way too, st- it's too stressful. Trying to find my yeah, man. Yeah, you're, you're, you're having a really stressful, relaxing day. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, this is now, like, starting to, like, fall into, like, you know, a two-hour period of me just trying to find a place to fucking land. So I look up, you know, one last place, and it says H&L Wellness Center. I'm like, okay, well, that's, like, relatively normal sounding. Let's go see what that is. So I go, and it's like a a medical facility building, you know what I mean? Like they've got like, uh, I don't know, like a, there's a massage training center there, a dentist's office, you know, another kind of like a spinal thing or something. I'm like, oh, cool, very professional. I go to the, uh, to the, to the unit and the, the room. It was like, you know, building A103, like I guess that meant first floor and like unit L or some shit like that. So I go and yes, you know what? It turned out it was an Asian place. You know what? Again, after all this running around, I'm like, you know what? They're like, oh, it's sixty bucks. I'm like, perfect. You know what? Bam, right up my alley. Let's go. Get on the table. I'm like, okay, boom. Get it all down. I'm laying it out. <laughs> the lady, you know, she looks at like I guess my my neck area, my upper back and neck area, which is always like furry, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not hairy like my grandfather was hairy. Like, my grandfather was hairy like a gorilla. Um, like, nastily so. I have, you know, a big mat of chest hair 
But, you know, for me, that kind of gives me definition. I once shaved my upper chest, and I look like I have fat boobs. Um, so I prefer to keep, <laughs> you know, my chest hair as it is. But, you know, I have, like, this, this nape of, like, neck hair and, like, upper back hair that sometimes my barber is nice enough to be like, oh, you know, do you want me to take care of that? Other times, you know, they just ignore it completely, and I'm like, fuck. And, you know, if I try to do it at home, it just results in me, like, looking weird, trying to, like, look in the mirror from different directions Well, trying to, like, bend my arm this way and that way to make sure I get it. So she's like, oh, do you want me to clean that up a little bit? I'm like, yeah, sure, that'd be great, you know? Well, weird, but okay. Well, okay. So here's where the experience came in. I'm waiting for she it. She didn't shave my wax. Neck, okay. She proceeded. <laughs> no. Oh no no no. There was no waxing involved. Thank God. That would have been a fucking. Ho- I would be in tears right now. You wouldn't have even show right now. No. Instead, <laughs> she proceeded. Okay, to completely shave my entire back. Okay, from neck. They trimmed out my armpits the backs of my arm all the way down, okay? And I shit you not, they didn't stop at my back. Oh, no, because she had her partner come in, okay? They started pulling out buzzers and fucking razors and all this shit. And I just got my head, like, in the little sleeve, looking straight down, like, kind of, like, in shock. You know, the the, the cool girl even said, she's like, you kind of were like, uh, we know what would happen if you were to be, like, sexually assaulted. You kind of seem like you would freeze. Um, I didn't even know what to say at this point because they were buzzing away everywhere. She moves the sheet off my ass, and, guys, she shaved my entire ass. My ass right now is so bare and crystal clean and clear. Like, they dug in, spread my cheeks, stuck the fucking... That's what I was going to say. They, like, open up the cheeks and get around the taint? Dude, they they spread my fucking cheeks. They jammed this buzzer up, like, into my taint, up and down, like, up and down. And then they must have pulled out a smaller one to, like, get into, like, the real fine crevices. You know what I mean? Like, she was digging two yeah, fingers man. that are like right on the rim of my anus to like pull it open to like really get up in there like my into, like seriously like I my aunt no again there was no no penetration of any sort there was just this entire assault of the, the body hair on the backside of my body and then of course you know after that they, they they're like okay they get you up off the table they're like, here, hop in the shower to rinse yourself off. And I look at the table, and there on the table is just this, this outline from my shoulders down to my head of my hair just all over the place. So I guess while I'm rinsing off in the shower, they're cleaning off the table and everything. Then they throw you on the floor, and they've got, like, these trapeze things, like, hanging from the ceiling in which they're then, like, walking Oh, they walk around on you? Oh, they're doing the whole walking thing. Now, the one... Okay, I don't know what her, both of these women are about the same size. They're like small in stature, you know, skinny, but not like rail thin or anything like that. But the one's bones must have weighed a shit ton because she's on me and I feel like I'm like, you know, she's fucking pushing down and twisting her ankles and sliding her shit this way and that way. Meanwhile, the other one's like traipsing on me like a ballerina. So I was like, you know, I wish the one would leave and just leave the other one because that one I don't mind so much. And thankfully that did happen. So then I hit back up on the table finally. And she's like, okay, you know, flip over. 
So then she's like, oh, do you want me to clean, you know, the front area, too? And I'm like, you know what? Sure. What the hell? You already did. You know, she just shape up around this area. So it was seriously, it was so, like, the cool girl was like, and you didn't get a boner or anything? It felt like I was in a doctor's office. It was, like, so clinical. Okay. She, like, threw, like, the shaving cream all over. She's, like, tugging my bag, like, left and right and up and down and getting underneath here and to the sides there. It was like the scene out of fucking American Wedding when Jim shaves his shit in front of the, you know, in, in, the, in the room, <laughs> yeah. and then he all goes out the fan, goes all over the place. Or the fucking fucking lion in, like the lion in Winter of Oz, man. <laughs> uh-huh. I am so, like, manscaped right now. It's like an incredible feeling, but I'm dreading the itchiness as some of these parts are going to start getting hairy again, because I know it's going to be real yeah, prickly, I, and I'm going to be walking real funny in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll tell my... you that you, you will experience you'll experience some level of, of, of itch for sure, but it's not going to be as bad as you think. Um, I actually okay, on more than one occasion have had my my entire back from like up to my neck and my shoulders and all the way down my back to like just below my waistline. I've had my back completely waxed before. Um, I've done the okay. waxing. Um that process itself, like, yes, it's painful, but it's that kind of like, like exhilarating kind of pain, like the same as like getting a tattoo. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, the grow back and it was not terrible. I'm not worried about the back. See, the problem, Dean, is going to be my a, ass. It's those other parts. It's, it's going to be my <laughs> anus. Right. And it's going to be my taint because those are areas that get compressed. You know what I mean? Like my ass, I have a tight ass. Yeah, he's got to rub, rub some lotion on it, man. I'm going to have to either lotion it or powder it. Like, I'm going to have to, like, bring, like, a small thing of powder or something with me. I don't see any other way. Otherwise, I'm going to be, like, I'm going to be, like, music festival rash. Do you know what I mean? You know, when you're dancing all fucking night and, you know, you fucking check your crotch the next day and you're like, dude, is that fucking cheese or is that, like, something left over that I ate? Um, <laughs> you know, and then, then, you, then you do the smell test. You're like, oh, shit. You know, and then you know you're in trouble. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, again, like, I, I, I got home. And, like, the goo girl, like, just immediately she looked at me. She, like, knew. She's like, what the fuck happened to you? It was, like, a serious, it was, like, a serious dramatic event, man. But, you know, again, like I said, I do. I feel fresh. I feel clean. I feel all manscaped and everything. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I am not complete adverse to going back and having it redone. That is for sure. But I would think, I guess I'm going to have to figure out how long the grow back takes to see how, how often I go. But uh, yeah, I can give them ladies credit, man. You know they uh, they really <laughs> dug up in there. So before we get into uh, some horror news, <laughs> uh, what did the ghoul girl think of the finished product? She uh, again, she definitely likes what she sees. Uh, we have Valentine's Day coming up, so we kind of have the kids going away for uh, a day um, and a night. Yeah. So we're really looking forward to that. Uh, at which point we will be uh, yeah, testing a number of things. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you know, obviously, besides my new manscaped, you know, sexy self and everything, the Google girl has been, you know, dieting very, uh, very well and working on a lot of things. She's dropped like 30 pounds already. Um, oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. So I'm, yeah, I am looking forward to, uh, uh-huh, going places. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> right. going to happen. I have to, I have to keep it quiet. Our kids... You know what? I'm saying the kids walking around, but I just literally went over my entire uh, massage parlor experience. So, you know, I'm looking to go places that, that you know, I've been to before, but I'm looking forward to getting in a little bit deeper than, uh, than I've been in a while. 
So that's politically <laughs> correct to say. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> cheers. Cheers to shaving backs and asses, man. <laughs> so what are you guys yeah, so, up to? Uh, well, <laughs> not that. What I what I what I did. Yeah, can't stop that one this week. That's for sure. Um, what I did. Uh, want to ask, and somehow the the karate conversation took a detour into your ass shaving. Um, <laughs> I did want to ask Detoured whether or not, yeah, uh, being that we were talking about karate, um, I have cracked the code, and if you would so care to know, I can tell each of you what the name of your karate dojo would be. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Cold, All right. Cold breaker teens. Yes. I would. I All right. Would love so, to uh, I'll, All right, uh, monkey. First, I just need to know uh, your birth month and birth year. February seventy-five. February seventy-five. So, the name of your dojo is Penguin Venom Coaching. Okay. <laughs> Uh, King of Horror, uh, birth year and birth month? May 84. May, mm-hmm. May 84. 84. Uh, King of Horror, King of Horror uh, your dojo name is Kitten Honk Association. Honk. Uh, what? And Ghoul of Geek. Beep, beep. Ghoul of Geek, your karate dojo name is Llama kick training llama kick and training that makes mine, sense man llama kick <laughs> training and mine is is wolf force mine is wolf force karate that sounds i think you made like, yours up <laughs> yeah i mean you're i can like send you the proof we, we, can, it, you know? we, <laughs> we got all this shit that you come in with fucking eagle fang <laughs> I just I just sent you the proof. I tell no lies. I sent you the evidence. Now, if we want to stay on this theme for a minute, I do have a couple more. Uh we can find out what your T shirt slogan would be and we can also find out what GOP conspiracy you are. <laughs> it's your news. You you do what you want to do. Okay, so <laughs> Will uh your you you were a February birth month, correct? Yep. All right. So, uh, monkey, your T-shirt slogan is invoke. Oh, what color are your eyes, monkey? <laughs> Brown. He wants to make sure the flowers invoke match. Invoke Satan. Uh, invoke Satan and destroy patriarchy. Sounds like that should Fuck be the yeah. key. Uh, King of Horror Uh, What color are your eyes, King of Horror? Sexy pink Alright, dance with Satan And never return I feel like that I feel like that fits the king, no? Dance with Satan and never return He was just talking about leaving and never returning And uh, and he's he's a Satanist, so that totally works, man. And (laughs) you should actually make that uh, slogan, bro. Dance with Satan and never return, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. This is the King of Horror saying, "Dance with Satan and never return." (laughs) Keep America strong. Uh, 
Cool. Your eye color? If I was dead. All right. To give it a description. Bow down to Satan and be the nightmare. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? That is the truth. Because <laughs> I am Satan's nightmare. <laughs> I don't right. bow down to and Satan, then... man. Satan bows down to me. Oh, and for me, <laughs> for me, it is worship your pain and be the and and oh sorry, worship your pain and hack the simulation. Mm-hmm. Okay, fight the matrix. <laughs> all right, so all right, so like I'll maybe save save the GOP conspiracy theory. Let's see, uh, you know uh, what time we have left at the show but let's get into some horror news and we'll start with some of the marvel stuff for some of you nerds and it seems that uh tom holland uh has been changing his tune about some of the doings with spider-man 3 earlier this week he said well he did say that spider-man 3 is going to be the most ambitious superhero movie ever made as opposed he to also Endgame said, and infinity war <laughs> <laughs> he also said that Marvel won't tell him if Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield are going to be in it. But then a little bit after those comments, uh, Tom Holland denied that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in it. I feel like at this point, it's like a very, it's like the worst kept secret, right? Even like rumors of Willem Dafoe being spotted on site as the goblin are, are going around. So who knows what's actually going to happen. But since we've been talking about that stuff so much, I just thought that you might be interested to hear that particular story. But you know what's funny, too, is that that's the kind of thing, too, though, where the studio, you know, they obviously have money. They have these guys around. You know, they could be calling them in for something else. And somebody is just like, oh, hey, you know, Andrew Garfield happened to be by the Sony studio today. He must be in Spider-Man 3. You know, he could be working on a completely different project. Um, you know, listen, I personally hope he shows up, man. But they've they've seemed good as far as being able to hide secrets as far as characters popping up in shows as per this past fucking week's episode of WandaVision. Speaking of Marvel things, you know? Just just to give it a flip real quick, man. We got fucking Quicksilver from the Fox X-Men franchise in WandaVision, (laughs) in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, A shitload of Easter eggs. But we... We can hold that and get to it next week if the Dean we're gonna has have to. a lot more horror news. Yeah. Yeah, no, we're going to have to. My, uh, my back shaving story took up all the WandaVision time for this week. So what else do we have yeah. in horror? Oh, man. Uh, so we had talked about this project before, but it seems that Paul Feig is still determined to make his Universal monster movie, uh, Dark Army, uh, with characters from the Universal movie co- uh, collection. Uh, he has stated that he has two drafts written and complete. Uh, he said the project came to a stall when Universal uh, was balking at the budget he was looking for. And he says, well, he is still determined uh, to get this made. Uh, that kind of budget impasse uh, is still uh, in the way of it taking place. So maybe we'll see Universal Monsters again. Uh, maybe we won't. But Paul Feig, uh, Paul Feig is... Uh, still determined to make it happen. Yeah, thanks for fucking that up, Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah. And I have not watched season one or season two, uh, but coming to the Peacock uh, streaming service in March, 
Stephen well, King's uh, Mr. Mercedes. Uh, Mr. Mercedes is back for season three. So I don't know if anybody's been watching Mr. Mercedes, uh, but season three is coming back. Uh, it will hit the Peacock service in March. Have you been watching well, speaking that? Speaking of speaking of streaming services, um, you know, I yep. know the whole uh, the whole next one that's upcoming is the uh, Paramount Plus uh, streaming service. And what you know, what I ended up finding out about that today or yesterday, I forget which day it was. Um, they're actually going to roll CBS uh, All Access right into it. So just like they're doing yes, with I have, WWE, I have now, previously reported that here on this very program. Oh. Well, see, I don't fucking pay attention to other people, man. I'm a narcissist. Don't you understand I that? Appreciate All your I appreciate your Listen to myself. Yes. You know? Yes, I'm, I know. I'm very the whole world, does, the whole world revolves around you. It I does. Know. It's amazing. You know, <laughs> it would be amazing for everybody else to finally realize that, though. Um, but yes, you know, I was, uh, I, I was like, oh, okay. I guess just like we're getting the WWE Network moving over to the Peacock, so we're going to get free Peacock for a while. Um, and everybody loves a free cock. Uh, you know, for me, I'm going to, you know, no, this is true, but that's because all the cocks are dead, you know, except for my cock, and that's uh, you know, that's off limits for everybody Shade. else. They're not allowed to see that. <laughs> and and yes, it's very and clean. It's a very clean cock. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but I digress. Like I said, we're going to get CBS All Access uh, rolled into the Paramount Plus network. So whatever that is going to entail all of its myriad things these days. Zang. Anyway, continue, please, Dean. Okay, I will. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> it seems that uh, the Watchmen, the writer of Watchmen, uh, Stacey Osai Kufour, is going to be the writer uh, for the upcoming Blade reboot. Uh, so if you're a fan of her work with Watchmen, uh, you will have something else to look forward mm-hmm. to. She's going to write... Uh, the new Blade. And it seems that uh, the person who directed The Watchmen, uh, Nicole Cassell, uh, has signed on with New Line to direct a remake of The Wizard of Oz, uh, a live-action Wizard of Oz, (laughs) uh, a feature film adaption, which is uh, promising us a fresh take on the material. Uh, so Watchmen Women uh, branching out to other projects. Wizard of Oz, though, has been redone and redone so many fucking times. It, like, just needs to be left to fuck alone. <laughs> I mean, the fact is, nothing sharing... will ever beat that original film. You know, I mean, that's the nope. thing. That original movie still holds up so incredibly yeah, well to this day, you know? And that's, it, it's nearly 100 years old at this point, man. Yeah, yeah look, but the it's just, original Wizard of Oz films came out yeah. in in huh? 1939, and okay, uh, 30, you know, 39. The, 1939, uh, and while they were making movies in that time, uh, they were not churning out films, of course, at the at the insane volume that films get made in the modern era. But of all of the films from that era, there is no other film that continues to be like globally beloved generation upon generation upon generation upon generation. So, um, you know, it's curious to see, and yes, there was like a sequel and then there was like the, like the Michael Jackson, uh, disco take on it, the whiz. 
Um, yeah, and, that was the whatnot. Wiz. I think there was the, even, uh, yeah, the Wiz. And I, I think yeah, there was with even Dan like Ross. some kind of, yeah, with Diana Ross and Michael Jackson. And I think there was also even like a like a sequel uh, to The Wizard of mm-hmm. Oz that was made at some point Re- in time. Return, um, return, return to Baruza Balk, which was creepy yep. as hell. Right. I will tell you right now, that is on Disney Plus. That is a creepy movie. I remember seeing that as a kid uh, and thinking, <laughs> "Wow, it's fucking creepy." <laughs> I yeah, but also don't forget the the current remakes by Disney and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Or the current remake by Disney that was not too long ago. What remake of the Wizard of Oz? Yeah, the the one that had um. Yeah, it was just fuck it. It was just called Oz. Oh, Oz! Oh, Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah. I don't think that was so yeah. much of a remake. I never saw. I never saw it. I don't think it was a remake as much as I think it was a prequel. It was supposed to be a it, prequel of uh, of Oz when he originally yeah, arrived it, it, there in, in it was the a, land. It was a really bad. It was a really bad ripoff of Wicked. Okay. Okay, but it's still not the Wizard of Oz. So the Wizard of Oz itself, you know, I know it's been touched in various ways. Um, kind of like church kids. No joke. So sorry. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's been touched in very... Hey, show me where on the monkey which... they, they touch you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but mostly, I think it's been mostly animated um, as far as that kind of stuff goes. I do know that there was uh, there was a series not too long ago that I was trying to, I'm trying to think of. It was like a TV series on CBS, I think, that uh, was a play on that. Oh, then again, that might have been Alice in Wonderland. No, you know what? I think that was Alice in Wonderland. So, so never mind on that one. Yeah, you're thinking of the one where they were trying to uh, integrate all of the fairy tales together, like based on the Fables comic book. But then they were all loosely. Then they started to turn them into Disney ones. No, that's Once Upon a Time. That was something else. That was a TV yeah. series on ABC. Um, no, there was a, a again. It'll come to me, or I'll look it up while we're while we're busy doing the show and stuff. There was a, a TV series. It was like on Sci Fi Channel or something like that. Uh, it was prior to them doing the the Disney versions of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, you're, ta- you're, kinda... you're talking about the you're talking about the Tin Man. Yes, there you go. Yes, okay. So yeah, that was no, that was Wizard <laughs> of Oz. Okay, so yeah, I was right yeah. the first time. That was okay. That was a new take on the Wizard of Oz, taking it into a modern spin, but still kind of keeping mm-hmm. true. I didn't mind that series at all. I thought it was actually kind of fun. Yeah, it wasn't bad. All right. Uh, so what else you got, Dean? So uh, there was so much talk, and I think some of you might have seen it, but of how entertaining uh, the recent release of the film Freaky was with Vince Vaughn. And I just watched this. It seems... Yeah, yeah the right. director. The yeah, King saw uh, used to watch it yesterday. Interesting. Uh, so people that maybe were hoping for more uh, will be upset because the director, uh, Christopher Landon, has said that both he and the studio are quite comfortable with Freaky as a standalone film. And uh, while speaking to ComingSoon.net, he says that he does not believe uh, that there is any call, nor will there be a sequel, uh, that Freaky will a standalone film. So if people were hoping for more, uh, hopes at this time have been dashed. Well, I uh, I know King saw the film. I mean, what, what would you feel about that if they made a sequel to it? Not necessary. 
I don't think so. I think it's a standalone movie, and it works for what it is. And I, I didn't walk out of the theater thinking there was going to be a sequel. And this is just fine mm-hmm. on its own. I don't know what you thought, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, finally watching it yesterday. Um, you know, I'll keep my opinion of it to, to when we finally do it on the show. But, yeah, that being said, no, I think uh, in my head real quick, like as soon as it ended, I was like, wow, I wonder if they'll go and make a sequel because it had that feel like a lot of the 80s slashers did. And, you know, look how many sequels came out of most of those. But at the same time, too, I was like, yeah, they didn't leave it open to a sequel. So... But uh, I guess we will see what they will do. I mean, money always dictates everything. So I personally, if you know what, if they don't feel it, if that's not something that they were thinking when they created it and they don't have any ideas and they're going to try to force something out, then no, you know what? I'd rather there not be a sequel. Leave it be as it is because it was a, uh, you know, it was a film. And there's nothing wrong with just being confident about making a film and going, look, I made my film. I'm happy with the finished product. Continue the story. Hmm? All right. Uh, Another in the recent-ish horror films that may get a sequel, uh, co-writer and director Kate Taylor, uh, who directed and co-wrote the film Ma. Did anybody see Ma? Yes. Now... Uh, Well, Kate Taylor has said he's been very impressed with uh, the love shown from the fan base and that he has several ideas for the future of the character of Ma. Um, I should have wrote it down, but I did not. But the name he said that he knows the actress who played Ma would be game. And, uh, you know, he has the idea for a sequel ready to go. Uh, You know, it's not to say that it's definitely going to happen. Uh, but, you know, in looking at some of these recent ones where uh, one director says, Wolf or Freaky, Kate Taylor says, maybe see Wolf or Ma. So I remember seeing the trailer for that one and it looked kind of fun, but I haven't got a chance to watch it. Watch it. I think you got it on the uh, Movies Anywhere school, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If it's a, uh, yeah, if it's a studio that, that works with them, then, yeah, I know I own it on uh, on Xbox, so. A real quick breaking news, uh, Gina Carano is fired from The Mandalorian. Uh, I guess she has been officially fully released and will not be a part of anything upcoming with them or anything attached to it. So, surprise, wow. surprise. Why? Uh, you know, typical these days. So, you know, she said some media things blast. that nobody agreed with. She said some uh, racially charged things. She's a supporter of uh, the Trump uh you know, campaign and whatnot, and, uh, and yeah, I guess yeah, some that's of the fine. things she said. What, what just, was her what was her comment? It's I don't know the specifics of the but comment, like, but it, whatever it was, okay. it's against whatever Disney believes. You know, I don't know the exact specifics of it. You know, but it was you know obviously it was inflammatory enough for them to to just simply release her, which again, their their company, their money, their world it is what it is. <laughs> Uh, wow. She said okay. something. Uh, she said something where she compared uh, the treatment, the current treatment of people with conservative beliefs, to victims of the Holocaust. Okay. Well, I don't see that comparison at all, and I could see where you know plenty of people, you know, who have relatives and whatnot, were were 
you know, members of of the specific religion involved within the Holocaust, or people that just like human life in general. But again, whatever people say, what people say, man. And I'm, uh, I'm yeah, I'm looking at her comments right now. She said stuff about about the Jews and why the Jews were beaten, and and posted a picture of like Jews beaten in the streets and. Uh, the Nazi soldiers rounding up Jews, and how is this different from, uh, you know, conservative political views today? So yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna keep you employed, man. You can't be fucking talking about the Jews yeah, and the Holocaust yeah, like that, man. It's just whether you agree with it or not, it's just not gonna keep your fucking job, man. In this climate, yeah, no way. Not not when you go no, not when you go to that that level of it. You know what I mean? It's one thing yeah. again to to have free speech and say how you feel or think about things. That's that's all fine. That's that's all opinion based. But again, when you want to really get into things and start throwing up comparative uh, imagery, I uh, you know listen, I, I I get right now that you know maybe people of that ilk feel like they're uh, they're being oppressed and they're not capable of saying what they want to say without being you know feeling like they're offending you know more sensitive individuals within this country. Uh, but that is not something to compare to the literal extermination of millions of people just because of who they were as a culture. Not a fucking That's a a one-way ticket to the one-way ticket to the unemployment line, man, for sure. All right. Well, I'm I'm sorry to to, I guess, I don't know if uh, I have not yet watched That's a bummer. She was a a good character and she was a a big part of the show, so it's going to be, it's going to be a drag to see her go. Um, So, Again, you know, obviously, listen, most people are replaceable. You know, I just hope they don't try to replace yeah. her character with a different actress. Just bring us a new character. Right. You know, let her fucking be gone. Uh, quick question about The Mandalorian before we continue to, to move on. Uh, so it's obviously, like, it's, a, it's like very close to the top of my list of things to watch. Um, you know, finding that dedicated time to get to anything but uh, is tough for me. But I just learned, and, and maybe uh, maybe I misheard, but... Are the episodes of The Mandalorian only half-hour episodes? No, they're about – they could be anywhere from like 31, 35 minutes to like 45 minutes. I think the longest might be an hour, and that was like one of the finales. Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. But, but still, even still that would make it even easier for me to get to. Yeah, they're the same length. If you're a fan like of Star Wars, just episode, watch it. You know what I mean? Okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Speaking of The Walking Dead, uh, season 11, the final episode, the final season of the flagship series, uh, has started filming. Uh, the flagship final season uh, has begun to film, as we have talked about on the show many times. Season 11 is going to feature 24 uh, episodes uh, in its final season. And uh, interestingly, uh, being that he did direct the first episode of seasons four through ten, uh, Greg Nicotero is not directing uh, the first episode of season eleven. Someone else is handling uh, the direction, uh, the direction duties. Uh, but the flagship, uh, the final, the swan song, if you will, the final season, uh, even though it is a very long season, uh, has begun. That uh, got underway this week, and also. Last week on this very show, we were talking about uh, Neil Marshall and the potential for more dog soldiers. Well, his new film is coming out right around now, The Reckoning. Uh, but uh, the word is uh, that he also, before anything having to do with dog soldiers, uh, his next project is 
uh, going to be a creature feature that is called The Lair, uh, that that is going to be beginning its production in May. Uh, he's calling it a full-bloodied horror movie and an intense genre action film. Uh, he said that it's going to, like, the loose plot line is that a Royal Air Force pilot uh, had been downed in Afghanistan, uh, and he had to escape from a bunker uh, where mutant man-made biological weapons were being developed. And I guess somehow he accidentally ends up bringing one of these back to a U.S. Army base. Uh, so that is the loose plot of the lair. Um, Neil Marshall promising a bloody thrill ride. So that will start production in May. Um, I like his work. I'll be looking forward to that one. And then uh, Elvira herself, the mistress of the dark, um, the very lovely Cassandra Peterson. Uh, this October, around the Halloween season, well, in September, I apologize, uh, is going to finally be releasing her official memoir, Yours Cruelly, Elvira, Memories of the Mistress of the Dark, is available for pre-order right now. Uh, the Queen of Halloween will reveal her full story filled with intimate bombshells told by the bombshell herself. Uh, you can pre-order it at elvirabook.com. Uh, her memoir is going to be 272 pages, and the initial hardcover edition, edition is going to be going for the very reasonable price of $28. Uh, so if you would like to read the memoir of Elvira mm. of the Dark, you will have to wait for September, but you can get your order in now. Sure. And then uh, the, the final uh, two items for uh, the toy collectors out there, uh, Trick or Treat Studios uh, has announced that uh, they're going to be adding to their Gremlins 2 collection with replicas of both the Gizmo and Daffy Gremlins, as well as a Splice O'Life uh, metal sign recreation. Uh, those will be coming to the Trick or Treat <laughs> Studios collection uh, later this year. And then the final item for the toy people, uh, Nesco is celebrating 40 years of the original Halloween 2 uh, with a new uh, Michael Myers mega scale figure. Uh, it's going to be uh, 15 inches tall uh, in a windows in a window box uh, display, uh, tailored weathered overalls, 11 points of articulation, including a butcher knife accessory that fits snugly in the right hand. Uh, it's available for pre-order on the, uh, Mezco Toys uh, website. It will be shipping anywhere from August to October 2021, and this with the hefty price tag of $98. And I don't know if that's hefty yeah. or not, because I don't know how much that shit costs, uh, but this one will be $98. For the quality of this figure, that's hefty as fuck. Because <laughs> this is not a really, really great looking figure. <laughs> it's all mis- It's all super deformed. Really big head, you know, kind of tiny body. It's it's not like a really good NECA collectible figure. Yeah, so that was the toy news. And then um, I did want to ask, because I know there was so much excitement, uh, King of Horror, uh, I would love to hear some of what you have to say about some of your George Romero studies that took place over the last several days since the last time we met here at this very program. It would take too long, so I might have to wait till next week. There's a lot to talk about with that, so might have to save that for next week and talk about it at the top because there was a lot of information and a lot of notes that I took down. So stay tuned. All, All right. right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. 
uh, well, those were the, the items that I had to discuss here. So uh, without further ado, um, with no more talk of shaved assholes, uh, we uh, we better get to after midnight before it, it before we get before we get to midnight. We're gonna let it all hang out. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, after midnight, directed by Jeremy Gardner, is my film pick of the week uh, to give you the plot of it. After midnight follows Hank, who finds that his girlfriend of ten years, Abby, has left him, leaving him with only a note that says that she has to go away and that she loves it. During the four weeks that she is gone, a creature emerges from the woods every night after midnight that surround their house, trying to get in and kill him. Frank slowly begins to lose his mind while trying to convince his best friend Wade and Abby's brother Shane that he's being attacked nightly but is dismissed despite his insistent claims. Once Abby returns to celebrate her birthday with Hank and their friends, could this creature once again return after midnight, or will love conquer all in the end? Um, so that's the synopsis for After Midnight. Um, I'd watched this late in December when I was trying to make my top five for 2020. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jeremy Gardner because of his work with The Battery, uh, with Tex Montana Will Survive, a uh, movie he just did called Fingers. Um, he was also in Bliss uh, that we covered on the show. Um, and also Henry Zabrowski, who plays Wade, is a part of the last podcast on the left, which is my favorite podcast. And he's hilarious. And I was so excited to see him in this movie. And uh, you know, I watched it and kind of had to go back and watch it again just because of, of the content, because this isn't just a standard creature horror film where somebody's being attacked and they have to defend themselves. There's a love story to it and a love story that's broken. Uh, once we jump right into the movie, it's broken. Um, and it's Hank living by himself, not knowing where his girlfriend is, loving her very much, but not knowing if she's ever going to come back and also dealing with this creature that constantly attacks him every night. And I have my theories about the creature as far as it being a manifestation of that heartbreak and depression and anger and frustration that he feels. But it just, it hit me in just so many terribly good, but terribly bad spots. Um, I watched it when I was very depressed and going through heartbreak of my own. And it also brought back memories of when I was with my ex, who I was with for 10 years. And similarly going through this motion of just going through it and not really advancing towards marriage or kids. So this is a deep cut for me. I mean, this is a very just emotionally hard movie, but emotionally great. And I think that Jeremy Gardner did a fantastic job of showing you the realism of relationships and not that you get to see too often in movies. Um, but we'll go into it. I don't want to keep rambling on. So, uh, Ghoul, what did you think about After Midnight? Um, okay. So, I mean, this was, this was, if I remember correctly, this was your top pick from last year. Of the the twenty number twenty films, okay, number one on it. So when you announced this last week, you know, obviously for one, this was your top film. So I'm going to go into this quite excited, um, you know, with and with a certain level of expectation um, for what I'm going to see based on you know the movies that I know that you like and you know often having conversations. Obviously, we do this. You know, I know it's weird, but we do this show every week. And uh, we talk about horror movies. It's fucking bizarre, you know? So anyway, you think you get to know a person through that kind of stuff. So I had this expectation and this image in my head. Now, on top of that, too, we have a Jeremy Gardner film, um, which, you know, I know obviously I'd seen him in Bliss. uh, But I, too, you know, I know him as, you know, from The Battery. And that was, you know, an indie film for me that was... One of those that was like illuminating and breathtaking and refreshing. And I 
loved it. I loved his presentation. I loved everything about what he did, what he brought to the film, and his performances within the film. Um, the Battery is something that I cannot, cannot recommend any higher as far as going into like an indie film that is a zombie flick. Um, just know that, you know, don't go into it with expectations of Dawn of the Dead or, or, or anything of that ilk. Go into it with an open mind and realize that what you're seeing is something a little bit different. Um, so I will take that off. It's interesting that you say that because uh, I just want to jump in real quick. Well, it's interesting that you bring that one up sure. because uh, that, that one was, as I was combing through my, my lists, uh, that one had been narrowed down uh, to, to the short list for my next pick. I'm not saying it is my next pick, but it, it had been narrowed down to my short list. Very cool. Well, it's the same director as this and the same yes. lead actor. Yes. Um, so, yes. so, again, taking this all in one big, gigantic loop of a circle, I went into this film, you know, with a certain level of expectation. Um, and this is one of those moments where I'm so happy to say that those expectations got met. Um, it might have taken a bit of time during the course of this film to illuminate what Jeremy Gardner was, was getting to with the movie. And like you, I had a lot of theories behind what was actually going on, what might have been real, what might have been a manifestation. The ghoul girl was in and out of this film with me. So she was kind of like, you know, taken with it at times. And then other times it was easy enough for her to just get up and go. Um, but overall, when all was said and done, this film ended and just like I was with the battery, I was completely pleased with what I watched. I, I enjoyed his performance. I love the way Jeremy Gardner acts in his films. He yeah. just comes off as so real as far as being a person and not an actor. Um, I don't know if, you know, maybe to him that might not be a compliment, um, but to me as somebody that is simply watching this as a movie, he feels like a really, like a real person in these movies that I've seen him in, which I find refreshing as opposed to somebody that's putting on a performance. Uh, but that being said, I mean, you know, again, like I said, I really liked it. So thank you, King. Okay. Great. Thank you. Uh, Dean, what did you think about After Midnight? Uh, so I uh, had never previously heard of this film before. Uh, I have heard of Jeremy Gardner because I have had uh, um, the battery on my on my list for quite some time. Um, so when you announced After Midnight and I did some looking and realized, uh, that, oh, this person, here's someone that's directed and starred in another film that is on my list that I've heard good things about that I've been looking forward to watching, I was looking forward to, to watching this. So um, I really enjoyed this, man. Uh, I, I agree with everything said about Jeremy Gardner's performance. And um, I do have to say that, like, the, if you want to call it the mystery of what was happening, uh, you know, kind of kept me guessing and, you know, different theories would develop based on what was being presented to us uh, from uh, his experiences uh, with Abby and then his experiences with not having Abby, but continuing to communicate uh, with some of the other folks in his life about it. Um, you know, it kind of kept me on my toes and uh, I don't want to get into like details of the, the, of like the culmination and everything, but it certainly uh, took me by surprise uh, that, you know, that part that came out of left field. It's not kind of where my, my thoughts were at because uh, I wasn't exactly sure what was going to happen or 
if uh, you know any creature that may have appeared uh, was a figment or a manifestation of emotion. But yeah, man, I enjoyed it. Uh, I was certainly engaged with this one from start to finish, and I, I really appreciated Jeremy Gardner's performance. I think uh, the the performance is what is is his performance uh, is what is what grounds this film and 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 gives us the you know the sense of entertainment that it provided throughout. Okay, great, thank you. Uh, so Monkey, what did you think about After Midnight? All right. Uh, first, man, I didn't realize that you were carrying all that baggage with you when you uh, made this pick. So I just wanted to say thanks for making a really personal pick and sharing it with all of us. Um, that's really brave of you and for saying so. And thank you. Um, this was my first time ever seeing anything attached to Jeremy Gardner. So <laughs> I had no idea what to expect or anything like that. I was thrown off by how laid back this movie was. It was because this movie doesn't really have a like timestamp on it, like as far as being modern day, because you don't, I didn't see anyone with any cell phones or anything like that. So it, it was giving me, and people were using digital cameras still and still using landlines. So it was giving me a very nineties feel to it. Uh, so it was just giving me this, you know, quote unquote slacker vibe of, you know, ju- just, those movies of the late nineties and just of heartbreaking, just trying to get through it. And I didn't really consider it so much a horror movie as just, this was a movie about just loss. And they just happened to throw this monster bit in here to throw you off. But then there were things that happened where it was messing with me about, you know, whether or not she really left and, you know, maybe he had done something bad to her and he was hallucinating that she left and maybe he did something to her and all of this was just some big ass hallucination of his or something like that like it it had ways of messing with you but then it was written well enough to where any if anyone else had done this movie it literally would have just been the cast of Hank, Abby and then flashing to Nights with the Monster and they wrote this smart enough to where they knew to bring in other people to sit, to keep the movie going and stuff like that, but to relieve the tension and show that he is well enough to interact with other people. It it did throw me off, though, that this movie didn't really show him being ground down from nights of not fucking sleeping and eventually just losing his shit. But, you know, we'll get into it. But from, you know... Of, of what I watched, I enjoyed what I watched. And I just thought it was a really good film about just heartbreak and missing someone. And I appreciate you picking yeah. it, man. <clears throat> no, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Um, and that's one of the things I wanted to, to open it up with is the fact that you see uh, Hank and Abby in the beginning, you know, this is 10 years prior and, you know, he's showing her the house and this is where we're going to live. And this has been my house. This has been my family for years you know, setting up the, the blankets on the floor and being romantic with each other. And that's what really stuck with me, is the fact that Jeremy Gardner and Brea Grant act like an actual couple. Like, I could believe in real life that they're a couple, by the way that they acted. There seems like mm. genuine feelings between the two that it just it seemed genuine. It didn't seem like they were acting. It seemed like they're a genuine couple, and this is just the movie that they're making. And when you flash from Abby and Hank, you know, getting down, on the floor to him blasting a hole through the door 
and now he has a beard, and now there's a couch barricaded against that door, and you hear something outside, you know that this is in the future. Like, we are, you know, she is gone, and he's left alone to fend against this creature that keeps coming through his door every night. Um, And we don't know why. We don't know why this creature's here. We don't know why it's picked him, but it has. Um, And it's his desperate attempt to tell anybody that'll listen, including Abby's brother, who's a sheriff, Shane, like, what could it do to my fucking door? He's like, oh, it's a bear. It's a bear. He's like, I'm a hunter. black bear. Bears don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Left all the food like, behind, don't... you know, scratching at my door. <laughs> yeah, like, what What the fuck is it? And he's like, well, you know, we're worried about you. You haven't been showing up at Jesse's to, to help run the bar. You know, you're just sitting here every night, and you're not doing anything about it. And you could see that Shane, as Abby's brother, is upset with him, too. You're like, you're being an asshole. Like, you drove her away because you've been with her for 10 years and you're not doing anything about it. Like, we should be family by now. And that's his line. <laughs> I like the way in the, how in the writing all of this is slowly revealed. Um, you know, first and foremost, just to, like, kind of cut back just a little bit on it. Um, so, from a technical standpoint... I love the cut from when they're in their romantic state, like, you know, their whole, the whole thing going on with him and Abby to bang at the door and the shot like that immediately takes you like physically, like it just assaults you. Like I had the volume up pretty loud on the TV because everything was like so soft spoken. So when they jar you with that loud ass sound, it didn't make me jump like so much of a jump scare as much as like you kind of said, it kind of is just like, it, it, it is an abrupt way to bring you into the future. It's literally the future smacking you right in the damn face. Um, and I love that as far as the relationship between the two of them, this is where I feel like Gardner shines um, Brea Grant, uh, I believe that's her name. I know her from other things. She was in a couple episodes of Friday Night Lights, but what I really know her from is Heroes. Um, I was a big yep. fan of the show Heroes, and she was one of the characters from that series. Um, I don't feel like, like here's the thing. Like for her, when I, this is kind of what I mean when I say we're watching Jeremy Gardner perform. Like for her, yeah. I feel like I'm watching her do everything I've ever seen her do in other shows. Mm-hmm. She's looking at a yep. guy that's supposed to be her boyfriend. She's got that like, I'm a dreamy girl kind of stare about him because she loves him and all that. I've seen her do this before. Whereas for Jeremy mm-hmm. Gardner, when he is looking at this, this, this person in front of him, you can kind of see, I don't know if it's a... It may be just that, you know what, she's a really pretty girl, and he's got that look. He's got everything about him looking at her that reminds me of what I feel like, you know, when I see the ghoul girl or when you see, like, a really hot chick somewhere, and you're kind of just, like, kind of taken aback. Like, you know, there's those times that you're just, you're like, for me, I've got a big mouth. I very often just fucking blurt shit out, and I just talk, 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 talk. But there's been those rare occasions Come on, I don't believe that. Sure, I know, right? But there's been those rare occasions. Specifically, there was the time with What's-Her-Face from fucking TNA, Velvet Sky, where I'm literally presented with somebody that I'm, like, my tongue curled up, turned around, folded backwards, went down my throat, and all that could kind of mutter out of my mouth was more of a picture. 
and that, that was about it. I got a picture, and there were no words said. There was literally no words said. It was just kind of like, yeah, because if words were to come out of my mouth, it would have been like exactly. It would have been like, you know, can I, uh, can I touch your boobies? Um, so watching him with her, yes, it is, it is enthralling because I can see all of these feelings and emotions coming out of him towards her. Um, yeah, and yeah, I like. But that. also Again, with, like that, with that, with that too. But with that too, given uh, you know, given the 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 very uh, you know attractive way that she is presented uh, versus like his, like his kind of slubby presentation um, in all of him looking like that, I didn't think too deeply about this until a later conversation in the film. But also looking at her with that kind of that sense of how how did I luck into this, you know, and as uh, you know as uh, she was gone and then it started flashing back to some of the time uh when she was gone and he was like leaving messages on her answering machine and like didn't know how to pay the bills and whatnot um you know then presenting him is like all right like she saw you for what you are like a schlubby do nothing do that was not responsible for anything around the house so she finally got fed up with it and hit the high road like that was one of the theories that i had developed about their relationship, which uh, the true reason for her leaving had, had not yet been revealed. But that's what was so interesting mm-hmm. to me was like the different sides of a potential breakup that were presented to us to keep you kind of guessing as to why she might have left um, and, and what the status of, of their breakup was, uh, which oh. would then lead to watching his struggles and his alcoholism mm-hmm. and his stalking the grounds with a gun and firing off a gun at a, at a car driving by, like all of that kind of craziness that was happening in his head. Mm-hmm. And again, at that point is when we then get introduced to the cop who comes rolling up, which you assume is because, you yes. know, which is obviously because he shot at the vehicle. But again, as that right. conversation is unfolding, I like how the natural flow of the conversation lets you know that these two people know each other and it was halfway yeah. through where I actually started thinking to myself, he's probably related to either him or he's related to her. And I have to say, it might have been two sentences prior. I looked at the Google girl and I said, he's her brother. And he then said, mm-hmm. in like a sentence, you know, tell your sister or whatever. I said, hi. And it was like, it flowed naturally. It felt real. Um yeah. It's funny, but you, you know who he really reminded me of throughout this film, Dean, and I bet you're gonna you're gonna know just from me saying that, probably. All right, uh, <laughs> um, is it one of our homies from E Town? Yes, 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 it is. Yes, it is. It is not, not uh, not Mr. Not Kindbud. Son. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Did he not remind you of him in a lot of ways? <laughs> Yeah, there's there's one there's yeah. one part because you know there was a period of time where like we're 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 and I've been talking to that guy in quite some time uh, since mm-hmm. uh, since last since I was back in New Jersey last December, but um, where he was having a rough time at home and I guess someone had like driven by his place and like I don't know maybe like shouted something at his grandma or something I don't know and then they pulled into that like gas station across the street to like get gas and like Jim went like running across the street like screaming and like waving a belt in the air and maybe his like pants were falling down and he was like trying to like lift his car with a belt and 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 it made me when that guy was in the street all drunk and firing his gun at the car guy by I actually thought about that like while I was watching the movie cuz it's completely 100% within his wheelhouse 
Yeah, I was going to say, I really enjoyed the character of Shane. And I liked how he was written, and I liked how they write him as just this really chill, laid-back voice of reason. You know, for all the weird shit that goes on, and for all the other friends that we're going to meet later, he's the, you know, he's the constant that's there looking out for Hank. <laughs> as just yeah. trying to be this laid-back voice of reason. P- poor man's Matthew McConaughey kind of thing. In a way, yeah, I mean, he, he's kind of an asshole himself. You know, especially towards the end, we get to see that he really is kind of just a dick. Oh, yeah. You know, in a lot of ways. <laughs> he masks it as, I care about you and I love you, but he's really just being an ass. But I think it's important that we have these flashbacks to the past with Abby and Hank to show you just how in love he was with her and then the flash to the future and see how lonely he is in this big house in the middle of nowhere, drinking the days away, reminiscing about times that have gone by, uh, sitting in the laundry room and just reminiscing about the time that they had sex and seeing the ring that's in Valentine's head that he did have intentions to ask her to marry him. He just never really either pulled the trigger or just had the opportunity before she left. But then we're also introduced to the comedic element of Henry Zabrowski as Wade, the amazing character that he is playing the best friend of Jeremy Gardner. And in the bar, it's just, Perfect improv almost with them talking about Valentine oh, he, the Buck. The gorilla fart shot was, is just the pullback from the oh, mat. You know, I'm not going to get drink this That's what I got to get the shit for free. <laughs> I got kids. Like, I, 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 can't, I can't drink that shit. <laughs> I can't afford to drink that. Like, <laughs> you know, and before he cheers and he says, here's being a proud American citizen. <laughs> you know, him being ridiculous. And how's that taste, Wade? Tastes like going blind. Because <laughs> you need to he have was a, a great laughs. comic relief, man. <laughs> yeah, you needed to have that. Um, and then the night where he gets, where Hank gets attacked again, and he's going to shoot the creature, but he remembers what Shane had told him. Why don't you just put down the twelve gauge and take a picture? But obviously, it's not going to work. I mean, he, in the moment, he's trying to snap pictures, and then when he reviews it, it's nothing. You know, it's shots of the door, shots of darkness, and then shots back to Abby, you know, which leads him to say, like, fuck it. Like, it's, you know, I'm back to using the gun if I have to. Nobody's going to believe this shit anyway, even if I have picture proof. You know, they'll just say it, it's dust or something. You know, it's just it's that ongoing <laughs> aggravation that he has with the entire situation. Yeah, as he c- continues to try and barricade himself in at night. You know, while, but he, like, this is what I was talking about is we probably missed this part of his constant downhill or, you know, downward spiral, which is probably where this movie starts off with, with the shotgun blast, is that spiral is probably yeah. done. And that's the sheriff, you know, sh- Shane showing up, you know, going, hey, you need to get out of this fucking slump. Which mm-hmm. is why he starts because going back to the bar. You're making shit up. It's time to, to grow up and to go back to your job. You know, it's time to stop pretending that you're seeing things. Like, I love the scene when he's talking to Shane in the kitchen, when he's making him breakfast. And he's like, we've been doing this for centuries. Like, we've been putting faces to the things that happen in the dark. And sometimes they have teeth. You know, and that's probably what this fucking thing is. And you just... You're making it up. Like, it's just it's your own mind fucking with you because you're all alone in this house, you know? And if you really want to have you back, you should get her back. But um, it's just, when he finally shoots it and there's blood on the front step, 
who does he call but he calls Wade to come on over and check it out. And he's like, he goes, I don't know, man. It could be a Panther. They're like back and they're fucking. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's also going, he's also then goes on like a whole diatribe about how they're just like cats. Like cats are cats. They don't matter if they're small cats or if they're large cats. They all do the same shit. And that is so fucking true, you know? I mean, look at uh look at what's his face when he got attacked in Vegas and everything, you know? All that cat wanted to do was play. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah but also too that you know, to to say something like that also is just like, you know, two buddies that get drunk together all the time, just like, you know, it could just be just like bullshit fuckery. His buddy's like, oh, yeah, it's a fucking yeah. panther. You know, cats are all the fucking same. Like, they know there's a fucking panther walking around there. Well, I mean, no, yeah. we, can't, we can't necessarily say that. Remember, for a while, there was a Manalapan cougar or whatever that was that was yep. roaming around this, this town for, for whatever period of time. It was actually by close, close to where you used to live, Dean. Um but wasn't it because you had to escape from the fucking zoo? I don't even <laughs> know. I don't think that crazy ass, that crazy tiger lady. No, 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 Sorry, no, no. That, that happened. That, in, that happened in Jackson. The tiger lady. She had a bunch of yeah. She had a bunch of tigers close over by the uh, by by uh, Six Flags over there. She had like an entire like yeah. collection of tigers over there. That was something else entirely. A couple of years ago, maybe maybe ten years ago or so. There were reportings of a gigantic, like a, not a, uh, I want to say it was like a bobcat or something that people were reporting seeing over there on like Lafayette Mills Road and Taylor's Mills Road over there. Um, but nobody could ever get a picture. Mm, All they could do was describe this thing. And I guess it just turned out to be like, a, it might have been like a bobcat <laughs> or something or one of those, uh, they're those large domestic cats. I forget what the breed Link. is called. Not a main, not a main coon cat. It's another type of breed that grows real large and kind of looks like a bobcat, but it wasn't that. Like whatever it is, I know they ended up figuring it out. I don't remember if they killed it or not, though. But um, they didn't attack but, him, but Wade still goes with him when he goes on the hunt in the forest to find this. Well, they hunt he's, holding, he's holding an axe. That's all he's got. But he's not saying "fuck you, dude." I'm not going into the woods. To look for this fucking thing. Let's just go get drunk. No, he's no, like, you know what? Fucking bro, I'm going to go he's there. And he's like, and we you know, know what? Fucking the story at the bar that they're going to come down and they've hunted together before. You know, so. They have, yeah. Like we know this is, but he's this not is just hunting buddy. Yeah, he's not dismissing him, though. He's not saying, forget about this. Let's just go get fucked up. He's saying, we're hunting buddies. I believe that something's attacking you, so let's go find it. But then he goes on this whole long diatribe about how there's aliens. And how he watched something during the day about how aliens <laughs> would come and they're going to be predators and they're going to eat our brains because they need the flesh and the blood. And he's like, I tell you, if something pops out of these woods, I'm just going to fucking pass out. <laughs> he's just not ready. <laughs> they don't look like they go on TV, man. They go watch TV, Bubba. They come That's from different atmospheres <laughs> and different gravities, you know? Yeah, they look like dark crystal shit. <laughs> they see with their feelings, man. <laughs> you know, and it's it's once they find nothing, and that's when Hank admits to, to you know Wade that Abby left, and she's probably visiting an old boyfriend in Miami, and I can't do anything about it. And he's like, "All right, well, bring it in. Give me a hug. Let's go get fucked up." Like that's just you know the answer. Like you know, let's go get drunk. You All know, right, we've had enough of this shit. Let's get drunk. 
Yeah, and that's when Hank gets yeah, to put out a bear trap and ties it up to the door and then just sits there and gets drunk once again, waiting for this thing to come back. And it does, and that's when he shows back up with that bear trap. And he's like, the fucking thing pulled it off. Like, it didn't chew its leg off. It wrenched the thing open and then escaped. Like, explain that shit, Shane. Like, you know, this is me making it. He's to the door with a, just a closed bear trap. There's no evidence on it. But he's so convinced that this is the proof I need to show everybody that there's a creature. That's just the thing, what you just said. Like, there was no evidence on the bear trap. So playing no. with the, the ideas of, all right, is there really something out there, even though there was scratches on the door, you know, we did see scratches on the door, and there was blood on the porch. Like, he said, oh, something got caught in the bear trap, and it must have pried the bear trap open. Uh, I have never had my leg inside a bear trap, and I hope that never happens. Uh, I have seen movies where people get caught in a bear trap and whatnot, and, like, yeah, there obviously was <laughs> some type of evidence and remnants on the bear trap. So when he did hold up the bear trap and say, here's my fucking evidence, I immediately was like, well, there's nothing on the bear trap. How is that fucking evidence? What are you even showing? You're just holding up a fucking bear trap. And, you know, and that's what he has that line about how, you know, we put faces to things that we can't understand. Eat your fucking breakfast. Like, he makes a breakfast with a lot of bacon, which I love. The true southern breakfast. It's rich and fucking a pound of bacon. Like, yeah, and the, 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 of bacon. And, the, and the sexiest gay rope you've ever seen. <laughs> well, he was enjoying that rope. Yeah, he loved the hell out of that thing. Well, um, yes, he did. And yeah. speaking of eating and, and drinking, ha- drinking habits, and since we were – uh, you know, just talking about uh, his his very good friendship with Wade. Can we just admire uh, the the fortitude of Wade to drink the bar mat shot? Um, in my bar in 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 New Jersey, uh, the bar mat shot is referred to as a as a as a New Jersey turnpike. Um, you know, for wow, they... in Jersey, like yeah, really, yeah, yeah. The I think in the Jersey Pennsylvania area, the bar mat the bar mat pour uh, is called the turnpike. Um, I've never had one. Um, I I think we saw like I think someone in a in a bar I was bartending at once maybe uh, got like egged on to do it like drunk in like by his buddies they're all like oh we'll give you money you know and all drunk and fucking crazy. Um, but yeah the fucking that's a that's a real thing man that 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 he went that he went for that voluntarily though was was, was so fucking crazy. <laughs> when he got his he got the good 1860 shot afterwards. He got the good one. yes. You know, because he did it. But we once again have a scene of him and Jane at the bar closing it up. And it, one of those scenes where I felt it because I've been there with Wade. I mean, with Hank, where I'm just sitting by myself, pouring shot after shot just because I, I can, because it kind of takes it away a little bit. But I didn't come back to my apartment to discover it's been broken into by a creature. And now I'm grabbing my 12 gauge and trying to hunt it down because I feel it going back into the woods. Only to discover that it's Hunty. now got my cat. Did anyone in that in that scene though? Did anybody going rewinding back to uh, when he was at the bar? Um, did anyone else think there in that moment that maybe there was a little something going on, maybe going to happen there? Yeah, I, I no, thought that he was definitely no, I, no. I definitely was feeling what Dean thought he saw there, man. Was that Hank no. was definitely have, having that you know drunk let's hook up look. Because that's why he was yeah. like, oh, maybe, yes. maybe this is the thing to move on from Abby. Like, here we are. We're drunk. I'm drinking the whiskey. It's late night. We're chilling. Uh, and yes. then she had to go, you know, and like, 
he even like even the way he kind of looked when she was almost out the door and she like stopped for a minute like he's like uh oh, like a little there's a little you know one of them drunken things there. Um, I think if you sure. follow the way the story was being told as far as the flashbacks to the current day, you can easily see how that is what he was angling towards. It was kind of the, you know what, she hasn't been in touch with me for however many weeks. I haven't heard from her. I don't know if she's coming back. Um it might be time to just, you know, let's just get something out of the way. I have needs and a good a good rebound fuck or a hate fuck, whatever you want to call that, that, that drunk yeah. debauchery would be, would have been right on the table at that point. It's not like he didn't wait long. Yeah, I, I thought month. that too. And I also had that thought, which often happens if you look in like, it, it's often like a, a common uh, story that plays out sometimes even in like rom-coms where like, oh, he, something's going to happen right here in the bar. And it's that moment when Abby's going to return. She walks going to walk in and be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I'm not saying it's not there. Gwen. You must be Gwen, the home wrecker. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly what I was thinking, Dean. Thank you. This show's so hot. Yeah. That chicken's um, so hot, Ed. <laughs> Who's air supply? <laughs> Who's air supply? Possible. How old are you? Um... <laughs> Old it's enough. Yeah, no reading Tell level. Us this, this girl. That girl. <laughs> okay. Um, right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, it could definitely be there, but at the same time, I know that in a dialogue we get later when Abby comes back, she does say that he had wandering eyes foraging at a certain point. Maybe that's what he wanted uh, Abby to be. You know, the young 24-year-old that he met years prior. So it's possible. I mean, I'm not saying it's just to me in that moment he just wanted somebody to just spend time with him. Like, that's just the way I took it as. Like, you know, he's lonely, and yeah, she's a female. I didn't take it necessarily as he wanted to fuck her. I just, he didn't want her to leave because he didn't want to be alone again. You always want to because fuck once her. Because uh, Kaden, don't you realize that? We always do. It's just rule of thumb, man. Being a I, don't <laughs> I don't operate that way. I think it's the way I did because that's the way I am. Sometimes I just need somebody to be around because I don't like being alone. But that's the way I took it. But anyway, it, you know, so when he comes home, seeing that the creature has just destroyed the front door and and the creature's on the loose. He hears Darby, the cat that he bought for Abby, meowing in the darkness. I love the fact that he used a shotgun for light, you know, constantly popping off round so he could see what's going on. And then you just get that quick shot of the creature taking a bite out of the cat. And then the next shot is the cat being just decimated on the ground. He's, what the fuck was that? What was that? Like, imagine you're fucked up on, you know, on alcohol. And then coming home and actually seeing for the first time ever this creature, so something that's been stalking you the entire time, you now got a as, glimpse of it. Yeah, as the movie viewer, seeing this for the first time, looking like that, I think both me and the Google girl looked at each other like, holy fuck, this thing is real. Um, because honestly, yeah. one of the theories that we had both come up with at this point was maybe he had killed Abby, and yeah. the creature yeah. represents his lingering guilt for the murder mm-hmm. um, and that the creature is torturing him in that sense because of him killing her and her family member, obviously, you know, we never hear Shane answer him earlier when he says, have you spoken to her? Shane never says anything about yeah. it. So for all we know, you know, nobody has heard from her. Nobody knows where she is or what she's doing. And it's very well possible that this guy 
who we are now seeing walk around his farmhouse with a shotgun talking about monsters and shit like that could easily have fucking killed her. She's stashed in the attic like he joked at one point or another in the, in the film, and, and here we go. Um, but no, now, now we actually have a physical creature at the very least. So now whether or not the physical creature is part of his imagination, well, that is what will remain to be seen. Yeah, but I was thinking this. I was thinking the same thing too, man. Was you know possibly he killed her and he just lost his shit about it, or was covering himself up by constantly calling her cell phone, leaving messages, going you know still acting like she's missing, you know, and you know just leaving messages, you know, hey, you you have birthday cards here, you know, when are you coming back? All that, you know, either to cover himself up or to to the fact where he's fucking lost it and doesn't realize that he fucking killed her. Yeah. I mean, that, it's a great theory. I mean, I didn't think about that until you guys brought it up. I didn't because my entire thought process was that this creature is a manifestation of all the negative energy that he has. And it manifests itself into this creature. That's only after him. It's after nobody else, but him. And it's all that heartbreak and all that frustration, all that anger that he has. It just becomes a monster. Like, we have the proverbial monster on our back when we feel that way. So that's the way I took it. But getting to see it finally in the movie, this quick shot of it, is like, no, it actually is a fucking monster. And he just shot at it. And now he has to go back inside and try to fix the couch, try to close the door, and the couch breaks. So now he finally has <laughs> to go back to the bed that he has not slept in, I would guarantee, for four weeks. Because that's the bed he slept in with Abby, and this creature's attacking. So he would much rather sleep in front of that door on that couch than in that bed. Like, it's just easier for him to do that. But now he's forced to sleep in that bed, and when he sleeps in that bed, that's when Abby comes back. You know, she's finally back. Her birthday is the next day. You know, collects the cards, cleans the dishes. And I love the fact that when Hank goes downstairs and he sees Abby in the kitchen, he doesn't go running up to her. And he's like, oh, my God, you're back. Like, I, I can't believe it. I've missed you so much, you know, kissing her and reuniting. He just stands and watches her, then just walks out. And then the next time you see him, when they're together, he's burying the fucking cat. And he's like, the cat wasn't hit by a car. It was, it was chomped on. That thing picked it up and took a bite out of it like it was a fucking apple. And this thing is real. And she just tells him, listen, my birthday's tomorrow. Figure this shit out. Fix the house. And then just kill the thing. You're a hunter. Just kill it. Do what you're good at, Hank. Just do it and get it over with because I'm sick of it. And then we which, which again at this point, seeing her, even though she's arrived at the house, you know, it's upon him waking up. You know, she comes in or whatever it is. I'm still not convinced that she isn't another figment of his imagination here. Um, yep. Especially the, do what you, do what you do well, kill something. You know what I mean? Which is making mm-hmm. me think. Okay, he killed her. And again, here is his lingering guilt about this murder of this person that he supposedly loved. And especially when he fixes the door, and we get to see the doors on the side, which I love that, that fact that he put that in there, to show that he actually did fix the doors. Um, and he mm-hmm. had the broken ones on the side. But when they're sitting there, and they have this great fucking, it's like my favorite scene in the movie, and it's 14 minutes long, and it's just them talking back and forth about the relationship. At one point, he goes, well, how do I know you're not the fucking creature? Like, you're not some weird fucking werewolf creature. And then he howls, and she's like, shut up, stop. Like, you're being ridiculous now. But how do I know? Like, my mind's fucking shot. You've been gone for a month. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe you are the creature. You're coming back now because it's not coming. 
Oh, you some kind of shape Yeah. <laughs> and the picture doesn't come. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. And yeah, and this entire scene though, I give huge props to you because even though it dragged on for me, this entire thing was one fucking take. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was one. The, one you, you, when, when you watch it, there are no cutaways. It's just one oh. one one camera of them two sitting on the porch, and it doesn't fucking stop. And while it did and drag, at the same time, I was also in awe because I was like, "Holy shit, it's still fucking going." <laughs> I was like, this, still this, one, this one take is still going. And like yeah. King, I love this scene because I'm sitting here the entire time hanging on every word because, again, one of the other theories I had at this point is, is she the monster? You know, and is this something yeah. similar to like what we saw in Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, where Ray Dawn Chong ends yeah. up being the gargoyle? Um, you know, like, is that what this is? You know, was she gone because of some kind of monster thing? Maybe she doesn't know. Maybe there'll be something revealed in the conversation that will express that. But no, instead, what we get is, is you know, her issues. And we start to, to hear what her problems were in the relationship. And, you know, we see that, you know, she had dreams of not being a small town girl. She did not want to stay you know, in this town for the rest of her life. She she wanted to do bigger things and all of this stuff. And, you know, she fell for the fact that he loved her as strongly as he did at that time. And, uh, you know, now she regrets it to a degree. And it, it's the, the back and forth where I'm kind of on both their sides during this conversation, where, of course, Abby went to school in Miami. She comes back to Barlow to visit family and friends that she meets Hank and they kind of have this love affair and they end up becoming a couple and she decides to stay in Barwell. She decides not to go back to Miami and hoping maybe, you know, that they will have a future, maybe outside of this town, maybe not, you know, she ends up, you know, being co-manager of the bar, but then she starts to see her friends getting pregnant and getting married and then realizing that Hank is just fine where he is. He doesn't want to progress at all. He's happy hunting with his buddies, drinking, running the bar, and that's it. Like, all he cares about is food that's brown and music with banjos in it. While she was in Miami, she got to have sushi, and she got to have, you know, tamales on the back of a bike, and she got to see jazz, and this is all in Miami. You know, you don't want to go there. I don't understand why you're in this rut. Four hours you used down to the look road. At me. <laughs> you used to look at me like I was everything. You used to look at me like you couldn't believe I was existing. And that was something that a girl that I dated very briefly told me was that one of the things that hurt her the most was the fact that I looked at her like she was the only girl in the world. And she didn't know she was going to be able to live up to that for the rest of our relationship, and that's why she broke up with me. So when she said that, I just went back to that moment, and I was like, I've heard that before. Like, I, it, it just – when you look at somebody for so long, you wonder if you're going to be able to look at that person mm-hmm. 10 years down the road and still feel the same. And she felt like Hank wasn't going to be able to do that because he had a wandering eye with, with, with Jane. So that's why she had to go. She had to go back to Miami and see what it's all about. And then she would come back, you know, for her birthday. And then they would talk it out, which is what they did. And then she just realizes, you know what? The fucking monster's not coming. It's not coming. I'm going to bed. And then you could just sit there with your thoughts, you know, because he is expecting the monster to pop up again. You know, once she left off screen was when I was expecting to see the monster. Yeah. And he's he's kind of dick where he's like, you know what? 
hey, you know, I've been here the entire time when you're fucking gallivanting around Miami for a month. I've been defending our home against this creature. I've been trying to run the bar, but hey, we should got tamales. Hope you had a good time. I'm like, dude, don't be a dick. Like, no, 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 no. Okay, so here's the no, thing. No, no, no. I don't, I don't fault her for her feelings whatsoever. What I do fault her is, is for disappearing for four weeks without communication. Yeah. That yeah. is not fair in yeah. a relationship, especially when you're in a relationship with somebody for ten fucking years. You do not just vanish yeah. on somebody for weeks at end. You know, if this was a newer relationship, something like that, then you know what? I can accept it and be like, all right, you know what? She needs yeah. to figure years, things out. Ten years, man. Ten years it is ten years. You don't disappear for a fucking month, man. That does not work. That does not vibe. I get that hurt, and I've been disappeared on myself, so I get that too. It's just in that moment, I just felt like you just need to listen, man. Like you just need to listen to what she's saying. I believe you're hurting, but you need to hear her words, and then just let it sink in. You don't need to react. Like you just need to hear what she has to say, and then think it. As much as you're hurt, I get it. But you just need to let her talk. And he did for the most part, but then he had to get, you know, his points in, which I get that too. I get it. Like I said, I get it. Show for a month and said, well, I didn't want to call you because I know you just want to bring me back. Yeah, like, you should have at least called him once and just said, I'm fine. Dude, she's trying to pull the whole, she was a fucking victim the whole time. Like, she didn't make the conscious choice herself to stay. She blames him for her fucking sitting there and not doing anything with her life. That's her fucking, uh, you know, using escapism and blame association to him for her own mistakes in life, man. And that ain't right. And like I said, you don't disappear on somebody for four fucking weeks. Fuck that. That is wrong. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no you. You don't just hear her out and let her have her peace and have nothing to say back on that. She owes him as many, if not more, apologies. She yeah, and after got, ten years, man, you're sub- no. To, after ten years, though, you need to be able to talk to each other. It's like because I've had that same bullshit pulled on me in the past, where it's like I want to be able to go do this and go do that, and it's like, well, why didn't you fucking tell me? It's like uh, we could have made it happen. Instead, you wanted to yeah. sit there and just run off. It's like all you had to do, if you wanted to truly make things work, is talk to me and we can make things together. But you have to be able to put those thoughts out there and make them heard. And I have a feeling she wasn't doing that. She was keeping shit pent up and pent up inside to a point where she just fucking broke. And was like, I need to get the fuck out and ran away without, you know, Rhyme or reason to where not even family knows where she is. All right. So therefore, yeah. now you're talking about missing persons for a fucking month because you because she wanted to go have fucking tamales. Seriously, <laughs> I'm not defending her decision at all. I'm not saying that she's a victim. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm also saying that they did have that line of dialogue where she said you could have gone with me, but you decided not to because you don't like the people that I hang out with. You think they're snobs. You think you're going to look down your nose at them. You don't want to put on a tie. So you decided to stay here, and I left. So it, it's not like he just was, like, shocked one day when she decided to go to her reunion. And she even brings up the fact that he's like, well, what about your boyfriend? Well, he's got a wife and kid now. So I did see him, and he's married. He's got kids. So that's what that is. But we cut to the party, which I love the fact that they have that karaoke machine without the words on the screen. It's just playing the music, singing along to it, where the one is the House of the Rising Sun, and then you have Wade singing his song, and then you get the happy birthday. You have Abby singing a little bit. And, of course, who's not singing? Hank. Because we saw earlier, Hank does not like to do that. He's not, you know, the fun, dancey, singing type of guy. But we will find out he does have some pipes. He can't sing. And he can handle it. 
Um, <laughs> I, all I know is during this sequence, me and the ghoul girl, we just wanted to see more of Pam. Pam was very hot. Oh, oh yeah, uh, the yeah. one that was, and it was the one next to Shane. Yep, yeah, that's uh, the girl that he he's dating. You know, also for a very long time. Um, but it's I didn't I love the, were the they dating I didn't take it as them dating I took them as just being like friends like they knew each other possible you know I mean it could be like one of those fling things you know because they were at that one party years prior where Wade's wife reveals that she's pregnant and they were together at that time so I took it as they're just kind of dating but not really serious but um Maybe so. It's I mean, he whole... did at some point in some point in the film. Hank referred to uh, he referred to Shane as like the police officer bachelor. bachelor. Uh, so yeah. a bachelor is someone that's not in a relationship. Yeah, he, he yeah he said that that yes. night at that party that you were the that you were the police officer bachelor or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And that's what Pam was because that <laughs> Shane is antagonizing uh, Hank. This party. Like, you know, they are all having a good time. They're sampling Abby's wine that she forgot to oxidize and make it turn brown. You know, and but it has to be Shane to be the dick. He's like, hey, any more sightings of that creature? You know, you're going around town shooting at cars and you're causing all this hysteria for nothing. It's like it's not the time, not the time to do it. But it is what brings Hank to finally drinks tell to get her. Salty, man. <laughs> but it leads Hank to finally tell Abby, I'll go anywhere with you. I don't care if it's, you know, here. I don't care if it's Paris. I don't care if it's Miami or Milan or wherever. I will go anywhere with you because that's how much I love you. Like, I could leave all of this behind because you are enough for me. And he couldn't say it the other night, but he says it tonight. And he has to be able to bring that one little thing that they have, that one little inside joke that they have about the cassette tape for Julie because that was the cassette tape he made. <laughs> you only have one thing in it because you over only and have over to and one over. Song so it doesn't ever have to end. And we never know what that song is until this moment where he dedicates it to Abby and Julie. And it's Stay by Lisa Loeb, which I thought was fucking amazing that they put that in there because it's a good song, but I didn't realize that Jeremy Gardner could fucking actually sing. I think like, this guy's actually doing a pretty good job, you know, singing the song, including having everybody accompany him in the, the chorus. Oh, you know, of Stay. But watching Wade, especially in the sequence, when he's like shocked at first to know that his friend can sing, and then all of a sudden he's getting into it. I love when he puts his finger on top of Shane's hand, like this like loving gesture of a finger point on top of Shane's hand. Shane's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" (laughs) And it's just between Abby and Hank, like they could be the only people in the room at this point. But they're with their friends, everybody's having a good time, and he reaches that point of the final moment of the song. And just as it concludes, the creature shows up. Bam! Slamming into Hank, going into the ground. <laughs> and everybody's in full panic mode because not only do they realize this creature is fucking here, but that Hank was telling the truth the entire time. That yeah. this is fucking here. Everything that he's been saying is true. What the fuck do we do? Where's the shotgun? Where's the weapons? Like, we need to help him. Hank, meanwhile, is fucking enraged. And he's going on that warpath. Like, he doesn't care if he doesn't have a weapon. He's done with this fucking creature. Like, you just ruined well, Abby's birthday party. Well, the way he got attacked, I mean, one, again, here we have another scene in which it's an abrupt change of pace. You know, again, that jarring, yes. like, 
wake up, here you go, everything's fucking turned on its head type of moment. But the way he was attacked and the viciousness of it, I thought at first they killed him. And I'm like, holy shit, like this movie's going to end and this guy's dead? Like, damn, man. That's yeah, what I thought the same thing. I was like, right oh there. shit, Hank's dead. <laughs> you know, I was, was all kind of like, flesh-whipping like, <laughs> sounds when it, he went out of sight. And I was like, oh, fuck, man, they killed Hank. I thought they killed Hank, and I fucking thought it was funny as shit. I was fucking roaring. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, what a way to end the movie. <laughs> and, uh, for the two of us, we both had the same look on our face, our mouths like a gape, and we're just like, holy fuck. And just using adrenaline, when Hank enters that room where Valentine is hanging on the wall, and he just lets out that primal scream, and that creature just fires back with its own scream. Like, we're just going to go hand-to-hand with these antlers. I don't need a gun. I'm just going to take these antlers. I'm going to stab the fuck out of this thing until it's dead. And I love in the doorway, you see all the friends gathered. You just see Wade just nodding his head in approval. As he's stabbing this creature. Like, fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Get that fucking thing, man. You know what's funny? Because it's an Indian thing, right? With, uh... With him getting as drunk as he was at the party and whatnot, my last yeah, little bit yeah. of entertainment on this was did he snap, and is he killing her, and is he killing all of his friends at this party? Because this entire time, we've been watching this person slowly go insane. Now, the other thing that I did notice during the scene in particular when he was singing, if you looked in the background on the wall, there were these two oh, bizarre... Yeah, deer pictures that looked like alien fucking deer. And, you know, one of the things the ghoul girl had thought was like, you know what? It's going to turn out that all of these people, all of his friends and Abby and her brother, they're aliens. And that this whole time it's been like a fucking trick being played on him as they're like priming him to like eat him or suck up his fucking blood or whatever it was Wade was saying earlier, you know, like this movie felt like it could have went in any of those directions and it all would have turned out just fine. Like I would have accepted whatever ending they would have delivered for it. (laughs) I think the way that they chose was the most purest of ways to end it with everybody just staring in astonishment while Wade just nods as he's stabbing a thing to death. And then Abby walking into the room as the wine bottle rolls in front of her feet. And he's covered in blood and on his knees, and he picks up that bottle and looks at it and kind of cries, but then he picks up that bottle, and he's like, baby, you want to finish this entire case with me? And he picks up the bottle, and there's a ring at the bottom of the bottle. Like, he put that in the bottle. He was going to give it to her earlier, but because that fucking monster showed up, now is the time. And just as he's about to pick up the bottle and show it to her, she smiles, and then we cut the credits. Perfect ending. <laughs> yeah. I would yeah, still you have... You want to go, go through another 10 cases of this crap with me? <laughs> I, I, I would have maybe liked some explanation of the creature. Like, that might have been the one thing that I could have used, even if it wasn't definitive, I would have liked right. something. Um, that that was probably I the thought, only thing that I, I was missing. Yeah, I thought a little bit of explanation on the creature, and then uh, maybe most specifically uh, Shane, and even to a degree Abby. I think I think in a way that Wade was a believer, but I just 
even though this creature showed up and Hank killed it in front of everybody, like I would have liked like a little bit of like validation from them that Hank was right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Better, but I feel yeah, like the way that they ended it was just perfect. You might. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, not having the, I mean, the validation would have been great at the same time. I think just weaving it that way with him on his knees, all bloodied with that bottle, you know, not just saying, Hey, uh, I think it's the right time to ask you to marry me. No, it's like, one of them down all these cases of wine together so they're still alive. To close it out that way. And I love the fact that we, we see the creature and it's a great effect. I mean, the master effects who did the creature effects. I loved it. You know, the porcupine spines on the back and the weird deer type face it had. I was impressed by what we saw. I think it was one yeah, of the early cool versions of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog uh, for the Sonic <laughs> movie. <laughs> What are they going to do the craft ideas? <laughs> <laughs> but what of it, I just I appreciate it. It wasn't like it was showing a full light. You know, it wasn't like you got that good of a look at it where you'd be like, well, that looks fake. That doesn't look good. But it was just enough to kind of show you that this creature is real. It's tall. It's nasty looking. And now it's been stabbed to death. It had a creepy predator almost look to it. Yeah, they definitely showed enough as far as like what they hinted at that creature to be. So yeah, never disappointed simply because you know we didn't see enough of it to be a disappointment. Yeah, it's the jaws. It's the jaws thing. The less you see of it is what made it more mm-hmm. effective, even if that was accidental in jaws. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was after midnight. I'm really glad that you guys enjoyed it. I'm really glad that you guys let me get a little bit emotional, you know, at the top to talk about why I picked it. But get moving away from game. that, let it out. I don't often shout, do that, so shout. I appreciate that. Let it all out. Especially, I usually try to bottle those things up until, you know, I just drink them away. Uh, but I didn't this night. Uh, but anyway. But then they never go away. They never go away. They don't. I know that all too well. But, uh, Mikey, next week it is your pick. What do you have for us? Uh, yeah, um... So next week is my Valentine's Day pick. Tell us, monkey. So, so what better thing to do for Valentine's Day than actually have a movie scar- starring Scott Valentine? So Ooh. we're going back to 1987, and we're going to do My Demon Lover. Hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> oh boy, having an extra day. And you're going with my demon lover. So wow, okay. So start contract between After Midnight and My Demon Lover with Scott fucking Valentine. Wow. I, okay. I have a lot to it's say a, about a, My Demon Lover. It's avail it's available to rent for only a dollar ninety nine on Amazon, so no one needs to buy it, ghoul. <laughs> oh no, way, I'm looking I'm at it. I'm disappointed I couldn't I didn't buy after midnight because the only place I could find it was on uh, Amazon Prime. And uh, you know I don't I don't buy stuff on there because I normally buy my stuff on my Xbox. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking at imagery of this film on on Google Images right now at the cover box and there's some photos. I'm, I'm really trying to rattle the old. No, 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 no! I'm not awesome. saying that I haven't. I'm saying that the okay. title doesn't ring. Oh, I know, familiar, I but there's like. There's some familiarity, maybe in maybe in the cover art, or maybe in some of these images on Google Images, but I don't, I, I wouldn't know until I watched it. I don't know if I've seen. All it right, or not. Th- all right, we're running out of time, so just go in blind. 
All right, I'm the Mad Monkey. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. <laughs> and Demon, uh, we will see you back here next week for My Demon Lover. Oh, here she comes. <laughs> Watch yep. out, boys. She'll chew you up. <laughs> ah, there you go. See some karaoke <laughs> from, from Talking Terror. Yeah. You Thank you, Dean. You're welcome, King. <laughs> I love you, Lisa. So, as we close out tonight's episode, as we always do, uh, Ghoul, if you want to hit us with a plug, as we close out. Is Lisa Lowe the person that sings that song? I don't even know. Um, Yeah, and Lisa Lowe's in the nine stories. Okay, there you go. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, like we always like to say, we're going to do this one quick. We'll do it really fast. Real fast? How fast? How fast? You can go to Etsy right now in one word, put in Bonfire Bee Designs in the search engine. One word. Bonfire Bead Designs, One and word. you will find all kinds of gemstone jewelry, pendants, necklaces, you name gemstone. it, it is there. Find pendants. it, find it, find it. She's going to be updating Penis. everything soon. She has gotten the urge to work again. I'm Testicle. also looking forward to the urge to merge this weekend. Um, I'm going to merge, and then she's going to make more stuff, because that's what I do. My clean-shaven okay. junk is going to inspire. Okay, You're going to see <laughs> craft you've never seen before. And my shiny, clean Ass and paint. Yes. All, all purchases true. come with a photo of, of shiny, clean paint. No, maybe. Maybe. You know, that's uh, that's just a possibility. I won't, won't lie. There all are, right. All purchases are, are over $100. Circulating. Oh, all ouch. purchases over $100. Um, yes. Yeah, there you go. If you, if you really want a picture of the ghoul's paint, go ahead. Over 100 bucks, believe me, the ghoul girl will definitely, definitely have the photos for you. Um, anyway, everybody else, stay scared. Stay Promo code taint. <laughs> Promo code taint. Stay scared of my taint. <laughs> well, as always, I'm your title king, Horror Andy G. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Talking Terror. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you find the podcast. We're up there on Block Talk Radio. Uh, support us on Instagram. Support us on the Facebook page, Talking Terror. Um, keep America strong, watch horror movies, hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous. And for all of you out there that are celebrating Valentine's Day this weekend, we know that the ghoul's going to be doing a fresh and wild uh, Valentine's this Sunday. Have fun, have a beer for me, and I'll see you next week for My Demon Lover. <laughs>